It was the American Idol premiere that has everyone singing its praises. I'm but if you thought night one was good, I'm starting to get numb from all the good talent. You ain't heard nothing yet. Tonight, witness an unforgettable performance that moved the judges to tears. You have wrecked me. And the greatest audition Idol has ever seen. I'm in the presence of greatness. American Idol, tonight, 8, 7 central on ABC. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. My name is Robert, and you're listening to the That's the Movie podcast, uh, starring just me. Apparently, just me on my own. Uh, so if you guys don't know what this is, it's just a podcast where um, I just talk about movie news. I'm usually with Sasha, but I think we might be having some problems with her. But whatever, we can, uh, can get this started on our own. So anyways, um, I guess let's get started with the first bit of news. So... Danny, the Danny Boyle, bio, uh, Steve Jobs biopic that I've been talking about, you know, on and off for like the past two, three weeks, has been going through some pretty, pretty rough time. It's almost, it's almost as it was is going through a rough time as Jane's Got a Gun, that movie that people stopped talking about like a year ago because nobody even knows if it got made. I don't even know if it got made. So, anyways, this movie um, had their lead already. They had Christian Bale. And they had a director. Uh, before Christian Bale, it was Leonardo DiCaprio who was going to come in and, you know, star in it. But he decided not to. Then Christian Bale was was a lead playing Steve Jobs. And then uh, Seth Rogen got casted to play Steve Wozniak. And immediately, the same day he was casted, Christian Bale bailed out of the project. Pun intended. He was gone. Just left. He apparently said he didn't think he was right for the character, so he left. And then that led to Sony, who was, you know, who had the rights to the movie, being sort of tentative about this about this project. So they just sold it. They sold it to Universal Pictures for I think thirty million dollars. And now we still have Danny Boyle and Aaron Sorkin, you know, writing the script and Danny Boyle directing. And I think uh, Seth Rogen still attached to play Steve Wozniak. But now apparently Natalie Portman is and talks for a role in this movie. And most likely the role she's going to play is Steve Jobs' daughter, which apparently has an, a key, you know, a pivotal role in this movie. So it only makes sense. And Michael Fassbender is being looked at right now. There's still rumors to play uh, Steve Jobs. But besides that, that's, that's all we know about this movie. And in fact, I don't even care about this movie. I don't think anybody else says either. We don't really need a Steve Jobs movie. The only reason I want to report on it is because the story about this movie actually being made is fantastic. It's so exciting. So talking about stuff I don't care, uh, Frozen 2 is in, a de- is in development, according to Adina Menzel, or Adele Dazim, whichever you prefer. She was recently quoted, you know, on, uh, on uh, what's it called, on, a, um, on an interview, and they asked her about... Uh, a sequel to Frozen and a stage musical, and she said that both of those things were true and they're happening. They're all in the works. 
so cool. I don't know if anybody wants to see Frozen, which was already a musical on stage with a bunch of people on Broadway. Nobody cares about that. And in Frozen 2, why? But sure, why not? So talk about more sequels. Why are these even happening? Avatar 2, 3, and 4. James Cameron was being interviewed. And apparently they're, you know, kind of getting all the story down. Um he met he met with the with the writers for the movies. Uh I'm quoting him this is actually a pretty good idea which he did um for, you know, franchises, especially for stuff like Marvel. But uh what he did was they were in um what's it called? They they met together, him and the writers for the movie. He didn't tell them which movies the writers were gonna write, but they all whiteboarded out every scene in all the movies together and they kinda just came up with the story all together. And what they were going to do, you know, they kind of outlined the story. So purposely didn't tell them, tell the writers which movies they're going to write, because otherwise they would tune out everything else and only worry about their movie. So since um, James Cameron wants to shoot this movie in 60 frames per second, which is insane, because 60 frames per second is what is what they use in video games and only works in video games. He wants to shoot a movie in 60 frames per second. Apparently he's going to shoot this one in 48 frames per second, which The Hobbit was shot in, and nobody even cared about it. I saw it. It looked weird. looked bad. I didn't enjoy it much. But if I get to thinking, you know, 48 frames a second might not be bad for a James Cameron movie, especially an Avatar movie, which most of those movies are entirely CGI. And it'd be pretty much like looking at a video game. So 60 frames a second wouldn't be that bad. So yeah, and he also claims that you're going to shit your pants with your mouth wide open. I highly doubt that that's going to happen because <laughs> I didn't think that about the first one and I and I don't really care about the sequels and I'm pretty sure nobody else will care either. So yeah, that's cool. Sure. Seems like all we're talking about is sequels today. So now you see me too. Um, I, the title is revealed. I don't really care about it, but I just wanted to say it because the title is stupid. It's called Now You See Me, The Second Act. I was really hoping that it would be called Now You Don't, but apparently that's not going to happen. I kind of want to write a petition and just send it into a... Who owns this franchise? Universal or something? Yeah, Universal Studios, I think. And send it into them and tell them this is what the name should be. But apparently it's going to be Now You See Me, The Second Act, which is not a cool name whatsoever. Really sucks. So, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. James Gunn was talking, you know, recently in an interview, and he says that he never want he doesn't want to bring uh, Nova, Nova into this into this uh, franchise. And for those of you, don't, you of you who don't know who Nova is, and I'm just sound really dumb. Well, Nova is played by um, uh, Nova is a character who's in a uh, part of the Nova Corps, and and he's sort of like the super powered flying super guy that's from earth and he shoots like lasers out of his hands and stuff and he's the only other human you know well not the only other human but he'd he'd be the only other human in the guardians of the galaxy if he'd be part of the movie at least now but james gunn says that at this moment that he doesn't think that he fits in this movie and that totally makes sense because we just we just you know got to know who Quill is who Jason, who Peter Quill is. So I think we still need more time to you know to leave him at the top as the only human characters in the movie. So yeah, 
I, I don't see it as a bad idea, but maybe in the future we'll see him. Maybe Phase 4 we might see him, or Phase 5, doesn't matter. Because they still got a whole universe to build, and James Gunn is pretty much in charge of building the cosmic universe on his own right now. So, yeah, I, I, I don't... I don't see the problem with this with this happening. You know, maybe in the future we'll see him. But yeah, Nova, Nova eventually he even takes over the Guardians at one point, and even the Nova Corps. This whole thing very complicated. But yeah, I, I understand we won't be seeing him for a while. So yeah, it's uh, cool. So the main villain for X Men Apocalypse has been casted, and it's Oscar Isaac, who. Um, if the name sounds vaguely familiar, he was he played um, a supporting role in Drive, and he played the lead role in Inside Lewin Davis. He was he's really one of those talented actors that are slowly coming up to uh, coming up you know the ranks, and he's and he's really good. He's kind of like when Tom Hardy you know started. We started seeing him in everything. No, no, Oscar Isaac is the next Tom Hardy. You know, Tom Hardy was fantastic, and we're like, we want to see him in more movies, and he's slowly got getting cast, started getting casted in bigger movies. Played a you know. Not really the main role in Dark Knight Rises, but he, you know he was still the main villain in a way. And now we got Oscar Isaac playing the main villain in uh, X Men Apocalypse, so that's pretty cool. Um, apparently, it was you know a key choice or a preferred choice from the director since the beginning, so that's that's pretty cool. And uh, I'm sort of excited to see where this goes. So now rumors. Yay, so I'm sure everyone knows that by now, Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens has been released, the trailer is out, and there was this, you know, there was a narration going on throughout the whole movie, this voice talking, and that was, it's been confirmed that that's Andy Serkis, who was doing the voice, and apparently he's, you know, I think, I'm not sure if we knew this beforehand, but he's he's doing motion capture in the movie, but apparently he's doing more than one role in the movie, he's doing motion capture for several roles in his movie, which is sort of what he's do, what he's doing with or what he did with Age of Ultron. So yeah, um, this is pretty cool. I, I can't. I'm always happy to see more Andy Serkis, and apparently his role is very important for the beginning of the movie. At least the guy he played in, you know, doing the the uh, the what's it called the voiceover in 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 the uh, in the beginning of the trailer, you know, the trailer. So that character he's do he's that's talking apparently has a very important role. So he, most likely he might be playing some alien if he's doing vo uh you know motion capture. So that's cool. But he's also gonna be playing more than one character. So that's pretty exciting. And now this is about uh Jurassic World which also was released this past week on Wednesday or Thursday I think it was. Probably Thursday. I think it was Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. I don't know. It was leaked um, beforehand, and no, it wasn't Thursday. It was like Wednesday or Tuesday. Tuesday, I think it was. It was leaked, so um, Universal was forced to, you know, uh, just release the whole trailer. But yeah, the trailer was out, and everyone kind of freaked out, angry that there's that there's lots of CGI, and I'm like, oh, people are stupid, haven't even seen a movie, and they're already, you know, some of them are excited, some of them are not. But yeah. Um, yeah, we got, we you know, Colin Trevorrow, whatever you pronounce that name, he's talking about, um, you know, the movie, and he and he brings up some pretty, some pretty interesting stuff, so he says, it is, I'm quoting stuff now, there's no shortage, shortage of awesome, you know, real dinosaurs, we could have populated this entire story with new species that haven't been seen in any of the movies, but this new creation, he's talking about the dinosaur, 
that shows up in a trailer that's apparently created by humans as some sort of hybrid, the first hybrid dinosaur, dinosaur um, continuing to quote, is what gave me a reason to tell another Jurassic Park story. We have the most awe-inspiring creatures to ever walk the earth right in front of us, but for some reason that's not enough. We're always hungry for the next thing, and those who profit from it are always looking to feed that hunger. hunger. The focus groups want something bigger than a T-Rex, and that's what they got. And that's that's a pretty cool thing that he's talking about because it's true. Movie studios are always in, always listening to focus groups, which I think is the stupidest thing ever because focus groups are always are just restricting um, create, creative you know the creative freedom that directors and writers have. So you tell you tell them, oh here, look at this movie. We thought it's pretty awesome, and then like twenty or or fifty people who are in the screening see it and they say, oh I didn't like this part, so they decide to change the whole movie. That's always been a stupid thing, and focus groups is an outdated method and something that shouldn't even be done in movies anymore. Because if we just let the directors and you know writers do what they want, it'll be fine. But again, we have to realize this is a business. People have to make money, and they have to be sure that this is what people want. So yeah, that's uh, that's pretty cool. Oh, and then he and then he talks about the whole um, the whole raptor uh, biker gang that Chris Pratt has going on. <laughs> That's pretty funny, but uh, he says that no, they aren't friends, that these animals are nasty and dangerous, and they'll bite your head off if you make the wrong move. But there are men and women out there today who have forged uh, tenuous connections with dangerous predators, and that's interesting territory to me. And that's pretty much what everyone has pretty much speculated, that he made he he's probably made friends with these velociraptors in a way that you know um, other zoo trainers and animal trainers have made friends with uh, lions. And you, they go back and see them millions, I mean, you know, not millions, uh, uh, I don't know, five, six years later, and they remember exactly who they are, and they miss them like anybody else would, and that's like any other, I mean, like any other animal would, and that's pretty cool. So I guess it sort of makes sense that they have a sort of mutual understanding, and from what I got from the trailer, uh, Chris Pratt's character is kind of, <laughs> kind of, uh, kind of likes the dinosaurs a lot in a weird way, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it, but yeah. So, um now moving on to DC. So Wonder Woman uh movie, you know, it's been it's been in the news like at least once a week every every or the past few weeks since, you know, um they've announced who that this movie's happening and directors have been being been thrown around and they wanted, you know, a female director and for the past like two or three weeks and a director who's been looked at is Michelle McLaren, who directed um a bunch of episodes of Breaking Bad and actually some of the best episodes of Breaking Bad, uh, and Game of Thrones and even The Walking Dead. And she was, you know, the front runner. She was the one everyone wanted and she, now she's officially signed up to direct this movie, which will be releasing into twenty seventeen, which is pretty cool. I mean I don't really care that they were looking for specifically a female director. I'm like, sure, Wonder Woman, female empowerment, sure, whatever. But uh, yeah, I'm happy they at least got a good director to um, to do this movie, and uh, I hope that this will be one of the first good DC movies since The Dark Knight, because ever since then, everything's been kind of... I mean, there's only been two movies, but nobody believes in DC as much as they believe in Marvel anymore. So, you know, hopefully she'll she'll do she'll do a fantastic job, and that's uh, that's cool. And now on to more DC stuff. So Jared Leto has been rumored for a while, I don't know, for like since Suicide Squad was even being talked about, at least when it was officially announced, I think about, I don't know, like three weeks ago or something, 
the first the first bit of news that you know uh, Margot Robbie is playing Harley Quinn came out, and everyone's like, "Oh, that's cool. We like Margot Robbie." And then then you know Jared Leto was being looked at, and I even talked about it too. Well, he said something funny when he was being uh, intervie- interviewed on uh, THR, and he said he said that when they asked him specifically about it, he said, "I've sworn to kept to keep my mouth shut," and that's kind of funny because. You know, he said that, but we already know that there's officially, he officially has something to do with this. And that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be, you know, the Joker, but he's officially part of the movie. We know he has something to do with it if they've sworn him to keep his mouth shut. Because in the past, there's been directors who have been rumored for stuff all the time, and they come out and say that they have, that nobody has talked to them, or they have nothing to do with it. And yeah, and I guess, yeah, that makes, that makes sense. That's what you're supposed to do. But, you know, this kind of confirms it, that he is part of it in one way or another. I don't know if it's going to be, you know, um, uh, what's it called, the Joker. But, yeah, I, I think he'd be a great choice for the Joker. But, yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see how that goes. We'll find out in the coming weeks, of course. So, uh, I think moving on to the last bit of DC news. Um, there's been this movie that people have been talking about for a while. This is even this was years ago when there was no no shared universes, when people were just like hoping for this movie to happen and they were searching up on the internet every chance they got to just say, Hey, what's going on? What's this? Is this movie happening? And it was Justice League Dark, which is I don't know I don't know too much about the D C universe. I, I've always said that, but apparently Justice League Dark uh consists of um of Swamp Thing, uh, Constantine, I think there's like three other people, uh, man, I don't even remember now, uh, it's Constantine, some demon guy, some chick, I don't know, it's just, it's just like a dark version of the Just, of the Justice League, that's essentially what it is, they're not bad guys, they're good guys, but they're, they're just not, you know, all wearing tights, jumping around, doing whatever they do, and Guillermo del Toro was, um, was the one who was being looked at for, you know, directing the movie for a while. He's been attached to it. But he's a bit busy with stuff like Crimson Crimson Peak, which he won't be working on anything else until he finishes his movie, which will be coming out um, late next year. And also Pacific Rim 2 is being is moving forward, and he also has an animated series of Pacific Rim, like a spinoff to that movie. So, yeah, we don't know when this is going to happen, but uh, we'll see. And he has like a and he has like two other movies that are apparently in the work, a stop motion version of Pinocchio, which that's been talked about for years now. And uh another HP Lovecraft, you know, movie. He's also working on that. But apparently it's moving forward because the script is officially finished. The script the script for Justice League Dark is finished and I'm pretty sure it's at the hands of people in Warner Brothers right now and they're looking over it and seeing what they uh what they think of it. So that's cool. I mean I am pretty excited about this. I've always liked Constantine. I don't like the TV show all too much. Um, it started off great. First episode was probably one of my favorite episodes ever I've ever seen on a TV show. I don't know why. I really liked it. But as soon as the second episode rolled around, it took a dramatic you know, dive into a giant pile of crap. And, uh, yeah, ever since then, I haven't really watched the show anymore. I don't know if it's getting any better. The show was has not been, you know... Um, picked up for 22 episodes it's finishing at 12 which is always a bad sign um but that means that they have a sort of they have a bit of confidence in the show but not not enough to give it 22 episodes 
I mean, this show, if if they really didn't have any confidence in it, NBC would have outright canceled it immediately instead of, you know, continuing to air, air it. But, yeah. So, yeah, now we got Justice League Dark. Sure, cool, why not? So, Blade Runner 2 is another movie that has been, you know, being talked about for a while, and everyone is hoping when it's going to come out, but Ridley Scott, you know, who's directing, who directed this movie, Exodus, Gods of King, Kings, Gods and Kings, I don't know, that weird movie, and he's directing another movie called The Martian, but uh, apparently he says he has not, he's not going to direct this movie, but the the scripts have been finished for um, for Blade Runner. And also Prometheus. But he said he won't be directing Blade Runner 2. And I'm not too positive, but I think he did announce who is going to direct it. No, not yet. He hasn't announced that. But yeah, um, Blade Runner 2 is not being directed by, um, uh, what's it called? Ridley Scott. I guess that sucks. I mean, sometimes some directors have reached their... uh, they're kind of they've plateaued already, and they're not really as good as they used to be. Because I'm seeing that kind of as a trend with Ridley Scott. I, there isn't really much that he's that he's been amazing at in a while, like a long time <laughs> since I remember seeing uh, seeing him do anything good. I think Gladiator was the last thing I remember. But uh, yeah, so that kind of sucks. So. Um, I think I talked about The Stand last week, how it's spanning four movies, and it's got to be super cool or something, I don't know. Uh, Matthew McConaughey is most likely playing um, the villain, the the main villain in this in this movie, uh, called Randall Flats, I think, Randall, Randall Flagg, there we go, Randall Flagg, who is sort of like a demon, pretty much the devil. Of the whole French, of the of the whole like you know um, story, so that's uh, that's pretty cool. And the more we get of Matthew McConaughey, is always awesome because that guy has had such a turnaround. His last name is pretty much now an adjective to explaining when somebody has com- completely 180 their whole life. Like like you know, like if Lindsay Lohan were to get back on track, we'd be like she met she McConaughey and just wrecked stuff, or like Britney Spears who. Who everyone never expected to see again. Pretty much, McConaughey hated her life and is on tour and has like music constantly on the radio. So yeah, that's cool, I guess. So that 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 that's awesome. So, anyways, now I think this might be the final bit of news, but um, it's it's just small. But Hugo Weaving has absolutely no idea if if the Red Skull will appear in Captain America three. And the only reason I'm saying this is because the Red Skull always comes back in one way or another in in the Captain America in the comics, in the Captain America comics. I mean, his daughter eventually comes back. His daughter becomes like, you know, the Red Skull, too, and is also fighting Captain America. It's this whole big thing, but, yeah, it's it's really it's really interesting to... Uh, to see to see that but uh yeah i'd like to i'd like to see you know uh, red skull back in the movies i didn't really care for him too much in the first movie but i think you know he's he's like the one villain from captain america that really is just 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 i don't know it's just like the the one the like let's think about it as the joker to his batman he's, he's his arch nemesis and i don't know hopefully we'll see him in the movies again 
So um, I think this will be the final bit of thing, final bit of news that I'm going to talk about, and it's um, about the the Wanted Two uh, script. So Wanted, the first one was notoriously a bad movie. Um, it, it had it had such great talent attached to it, but the movie just wasn't that great. And I think it's also due to the fact that it had almost nothing. In fact, there was. Now I think about it, the only thing it had to do with the with its comic book adaption written by Mark Miller was the name of the characters. But besides that, it had nothing to do with it. Because originally, the wanted uh, comic books, what it did was it followed a bunch of... They were all supervillains. That's what everyone was. There was a secret society of supervillains, and they were the ones who were pretty much in charge of the planet. Uh, superheroes no longer existed, and they just... And these supervillains went, you know, and destroyed... And would, and, were in charge of pretty much the whole world, but they wouldn't destroy the whole world because eventually that would cause havoc. So they would be controlled, you know, uh, certain uh, crimes being committed and everything. And it was this whole this huge thing, and it was actually pretty cool to see and really dark because everyone was bad. The main characters were bad, like they were pretty bad people. So it kind of sucks that this is the movie that happened when already the script was so cool. But I guess it makes sense. To not really, um, you know, this wouldn't sell so well to the screen, to the audience. But why even adapt this movie if you're not going to do it do it right, you know? So yeah. Um, also, uh, the the first trailer for Pan came out also this this week as well too. It's been a long week of trailers. There's so many trailers. It came out the same day as Jurassic World. And officially, it was going to come out that day, I think, but. Jurassic World had to be had to release that day because it was leaked, so it pretty much overshadowed that trailer entirely. But yeah, that mo- that trailer came out and it just looks like I don't know, doesn't look that special at all. But it might be good, might be good, maybe possibly. So yeah. Um, anyways, you guys can uh, I think that's about the end. You guys can start following me on your know, Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook at the Real Robert H and on. Uh, Instagram at, at Robert Alfonso Hidalgo, and uh, also you guys can go on the SashaMariaShow dot com. There you can find more of our past, you know, podcasts that we do, like last week and previous weeks and everything. Uh, you listen to me and Sasha talk about movie news, and then you can go on our Facebook pages. That's the movie and the, the Sasha Marina Show, and like them. Um, good way to stay up to date with our stuff, and also downloading our app on on uh, Google Play and BlackBerry World and the Sasha Marina Show app uh, is another very easy way to stay up to date with everything we're doing. So, yeah, and uh, I think I'm going to have a, I'm having a review coming up already. I think uh, we already filmed it. I filmed it already. And it's uh, for Horrible Bosses 2. You can check out that one coming up soon. And I think my past reviews as well, like uh, The Kingsman of Secret Service, I have the review up already. The movie doesn't come out till next year. February, I think February. Yeah, you guys can check that out. And I also have Rosewater and the Theory of Everything. So yeah, go check out those uh, reviews if you're still on the fence of seeing uh, three-week-old movies. <laughs> so yeah, um, yep, that's the movie.
The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Old moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Dave and I have a breakfast routine. Yep. I pick him up. He picks me up. I hand him his Tim Hortons coffee. Freshly brewed. And a new $1.79 breakfast wrap snacker. $1.70 what? New routine! <laughs> That's right. It's the new $1.79 breakfast wrap snacker. A freshly grilled tortilla filled with egg, cheese, bacon, or savory sausage. Goes great with Tim's coffee. <sighs> then I give him a napkin. Just in case. The new $1.79 breakfast wrap snacker. Only at Tim Hortons. Limited time only at participating restaurants.